The crown was made of shining gold and had four crosses worked around it, with a glittering jewel on each one. On one side there was a ruby, deep red and mysterious, cut in facets that reflected the light. On another there was a sapphire, flashing blue as if it held all the secrets of the world's oceans. The third cross carried a deep green emerald, which was so big and heavy, it was worth more than all the other jewels in Christendom put together. The fourth stone was an amethyst, a rich, deep purple, which had once belonged to the Queen of Sheba. The crown was made for King Arthur long ago by the wizard Merlin. Unfortunately, Arthur was killed at the Battle of Camlan in the year 537, before the wizard managed to present him with it. Merlin had imbued the crown with magical powers, so that he who wore it would be able to see into people's minds and find out what they were truly thinking. It had other powers too, but only someone with a clear conscience and a true and loving heart could use them. When the king was killed in the battle, Merlin was distraught. He intended to bury the crown with Arthur at the Abbey of Glastonbury. However, he thought better of it. Several people knew about the crown, and Merlin knew that greed would get the better of them, and they would dig up Arthur's resting place looking for it. The wizard decided he would need to find an exceptional hiding place. So he decided to consult some of his fellow wizards and holy men to ask their advice. He didn't want his work to be destroyed by some greedy treasure-seeker, but at the same time he didn't want it to go to waste. He needed a way of ensuring that should a fit and deserving person come along in the future, they would have a way to track down the crown. Merlin knew he wanted to keep the trail leading to the crown within the British Isles, and he also knew he didn't have long left to live, as he was a very old man so he needed to work fast. From Tintagel, which he always knew was a magical place, he took a selection of stones, mainly thin and flat, on which he intended to write clues to the location of the crown. He knew also that he would have to appoint guardians to guard the hiding place of the stone tablets. His contact in Scotland was Ambrose. He lived in a place called Tweedale, but he knew all of Scotland, or Alba as it was known then, and its many isles well. His advice to Merlin was to leave one of his stone tablets hidden on the Islach and Nyof, a small bare island in the Hebrides where a monastery had been founded, and as St. Bredenton's mother, Ethne, was buried there, it was considered to be a holy island. After a very frightening boat trip, Merlin slid the tablet under the stone, marking Ethne's grave. In modern times, there are still the ruins of a monastery there, some beehive cells, and a small chapel. But no one lives there now. That's the right place, thought Merlin, because I have the perfect guardian in mind. He looked at the location on a map and saw that if you headed for the mainland where you came ashore, it was the entrance to what we now call the Great Glen. Nowadays, 
you can sail right through from one side of Scotland to the other, as the Caledonian Canal has been built. In Merlin's time, however, there were miles of land in between the locks that are now joined. This should be no problem to the proposed guardian. As Merlin and his companion crested the last hill on their hired ponies, they looked down on the sparkling deep blue waters of Loch Ness.